So I can only imagine what the Uber driver was thinking when he pulled up to the hospital at uh, 6.30 a.m. that morning. Um, I walked out of the hospital with my wife, uh, my my hand over her. Um, At this point, my hands are literally on fire. I don't have any cuts on my hands. I have no bruises on my hands, but my hands are literally on fire, um, and I don't know why. Uh, I have uh, blood just dried to my nose, caked on my nose. Um, my shirt, I was wearing uh, I was wearing this lumberjack-esque red and uh, black checkered shirt. And there is one, there's literally one button uh, open or that, that is not open. It is buttoned at the bottom and my chest is exposed and I have white leads attached to me from where they had recently done an EKG and uh, cleared me. And then my my jeans, blood completely just dried and caked on my jeans from from what had happened. And um, at this point, I don't really know what had happened. Um, but I get into the Uber, and it is the most silent Uber ride that we have ever had. <laughs> I think, uh, and, and you know, but I I know why because you know this guy's like, what what happened to this dude that's getting in the car? We get home and. Um, I'm so tired because I'd been up most of the night uh, and I just remember going to sleep and just being like, okay, survived, survived. And then I remember getting up and going to the restroom and trying to wash my hands. And the second that the water hit my hands, I knew something was incredibly wrong. And um, probably the scariest uh, month of my life uh, this past month. Um, but I want to tell everybody here that is, or, you know, a listener, the story of how I broke my nose, how, uh, how I fell and how I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to type, uh, again, or feel anything in my hands, uh, drive, do, do normal things again. And, and, you know, the panic, not only from a perspective of personal, but the panic of business, and how very, very quickly the panic of will the business go on? Will the business work? Because I do a lot of typing as part of my gig. The panic of that going away with a phone call because of things that we'd set up in our business two years before. So today we're going to tell the story of how uh, good old Atkins almost killed himself and uh, by accident of slipping in a hallway and how things that we had done in our business two, two three years before made sure that our business was completely safe, even though I was completely uh, non-functional. So let's dive in. Let's do it. All right, man. Uh, Wow. I'm going to turn the reins over to you pretty quick here uh, on this one because, man, what we're going to dive into today is something that's extremely personal Um, And I know our listeners are going to be able to take away something extremely valuable from what we talk about. But I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, this is one of your first public forums that you've had to be able to talk about this, man. And I'll just, on a personal level, dude, I'm just so happy that we are at this point, man. (laughs) Me too. What what a scary month or so it's been, uh, you know, on a personal and a professional level. But, dude, tell us what the hell is going on. Tell us about what you've had going on this path past month or so because i know it is a doozy well i don't think there's been a time in the last 10 years where i've gone 
two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks without posting on social media. And so that happened. Um, and uh, I had a lot of people start to reach out to me and, and were wondering where I was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't type. I, I couldn't pick my phone up and type to tell people what was going on. It, it, everything hurt. Um, well, and you, and were, so you, walk, you were even yeah. noticeably, you were noticeably missing from text chains that were on. Yes. Like, yes. It's, it, uh, it's, it was insane. <laughs> it's just insane. Um, and, and so, you know, what I wanted to do, it, it, as you said, this is one of the first times I've really had the ability to talk about this. And thank goodness I'm three and a half weeks down the road from this happening to me. And I am probably 90% better. And so I know everything's going to be okay at this point. Fingers crossed. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, but it was very scary for a little while. So what I want to do today is I'm going to tell you guys the story. You know, all our listeners, all our watchers, I want to tell you the story of what happened to me. Um, but how a decision I made a few years ago that was very morbid, uh, that was very scary <laughs> and like awkward for some of our staff members, um, and, you know, the people on our team how it turned into everything being okay with a phone call. And so I, I'm going to walk you guys through this story. And I hope that, you know, this is a much different version of the podcast than we normally do, but it's something I feel like is valuable to anybody listening um, because yeah. this is something that could happen to anybody. Um, and hopefully you take away that from this. So kind of what happened is this, I, I had been out uh, with my wife. We'd gone out to dinner and, you know, had a good night, came home and, you know, we're just, you know, kind of doing the end of night stuff. She was in brushing her teeth and, you know, I, I had taken on the whole uh, letting the dog out. And yep. so uh, we have a few dogs, but uh, one of the dogs, uh, he lives in my son's room. Uh, that's where his room is too. And they, they keep each other company and it's fun. So he was he had been asleep and I, I was walking in to let him out. Now, I'm not sure uh, what was in the hall that caused me to slip. And the reason I'm not sure about this is when I – you know, got back to the house, everything blood included had been cleaned up. So I don't know if there was something in the hall beforehand. Um, every so often there is uh, from other animals and things like that. <laughs> sure. But basically what happened is this, and I'll just kind of give you guys the walkthrough. I was walking in to let my dog out before I actually made it to let my dog out. Um, I don't know exactly what happened. I just remember waking up sort of face down in the floor and uh. How my scary. eyes opening, yeah. My eyes opening, not really panicking. This is this is the really strange thing. Not really panicking, but understanding very quickly that something was terribly wrong. And I remember seeing blood, um, but I also just remember being like, "You don't need to get up," or maybe you can't get up. And so I just remember being down, and I remember um, starting to yell help uh, because I know my wife was in there. She didn't hear me at first. Um, and because, you know, kind of the way our house is set up. Yeah. Finally, I think she kind of heard me. And then I was like, okay, she's close enough that I can really belt out one here. And I yelled <laughs> help and she came in. And uh, I'm sure from her perspective, this was extreme panic because there was blood everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you would, you all would be surprised the amount of blood that can come out from. And, and I, for those of you watching, there's just a tiny gash now uh, that's uh, you, you can see. But this was something that was <laughs> not a tiny thing <laughs> at the time. I'm a bleeder, apparently. Um, so she comes in, and at this point, I don't remember any in between. Uh, I don't know if that's because I hit my head or if I literally just passed out. Uh, but uh, what happened is the next thing I did, I came to, and there were paramedics in my house. Um, this is probably two two thirty in the morning at this point. Uh, there's paramedics in my house, and the paramedics are, you know, 
amazing. They they take care of me. They assess me, make sure that you know nothing else is going on. I blank out again, and I wake up, and I just remember I'm in the ambulance, and I'm strapped down. From there, I don't remember going getting to the hospital. I don't remember really carrying it in. I remember waking up in the hospital, still not panicking. I just was like, "Well, here we are." Uh, and you know, they're 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 doing tests. Apparently, they did an EKG on me to check my heart. So they're tra- probably trying to figure out like how I had like passed out. Uh, they, I'm sure they thought, did he pass out, whatever, or did he slip? Fairly certain I slipped, but. At, at this juncture, kind of where what happens is I start to wake up and I realize my face doesn't hurt. You know, the thing that they're super concerned about, that they're x-raying, my face does not hurt at all. What is hitting me is that my hands from like half, you know, and as a chiropractor, I used to see this a lot, but, you know, I don't make the connection at the time. Half of my ring finger and my pinky and then my forearm down the side on both sides are completely on fire. Wow. Like pins and needles, and it just feels like, like I said, they're on fire, and like somebody's just jabbing me with needles. And so, like, I, I guess I'm complaining about this. They eventually X-ray my hands. There's nothing wrong with my hands, and uh, there's no bruises. There's nothing. Um, we get to about six in the morning, and they clear me. Like, there's literally nothing wrong, other than I, you know, broken my nose pretty good because, yeah. and I don't know if you know if you guys go back to previous clips, I don't know if you can see it, but. My nose is broken. I've got, you know, whatever. And they literally just, they say, have a good one. Put me in a wheelchair. They take me out. And we don't have a car. Like we, you know, we we took an ambulance ride to the emergency room. So we have to call an Uber and the Uber picks us up and we go home. Now, at this point, I am so incredibly tired that like, even though my hands are on fire, we go and we lay down and we're just happy we survived. Like we're both dead tired. We'd been up all night and, you know. Um, we lay down, by the way, my kid, thank goodness, is staying at my parents, uh, this evening. So he wasn't around for any of this. And so he's, he's safe. He doesn't know any of this has happened. And, uh, he's, you know, he's been asleep this whole time. Um, so I get home and I wake up and my hands hurt, you know, my hands are hurting and there's this, you know, and I can't do much with them. And I, I realize this, I can't really pick anything up without it, like setting me through the roof. And it's almost as if the best way I can describe it is it's like, Think about touching your hand uh, and the sensation. Now, what if that touching your hand was multiplied times 100? Hmm. That's what it was. It was almost like this hypersensitivity things. And, you know, I pick up on it, but I still don't pick up on it. But when I turn the water on to wash my hands and the, the cold water hits, that's when I'm like, oh, God, like this is this is crazy. Yikes. So I, I get some more sleep and then I'm I'm up. And then for the next few hours, it very much hits me that like this pain is not going away. There was no position I could get into. And it felt like someone had a needle and was jabbing me in this finger every 20 seconds or so. And the only thing that I could do, because I couldn't sleep with this pain, you know, I couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't do anything. The only thing I could do is literally I was pacing. And, you know, the first place your head goes in a situation like this is, is this permanent? Hmm. You know, it's a very scary place to go to because you don't go to, oh, I hurt myself and I'm going to heal, which is like, you know, that's what's typically going to happen. You think, did I do nerve damage? Is it permanent? As a chiropractor, I'm not thinking there's something wrong with my hands. I'm not thinking there's something wrong with my elbows. It's both sides. Hmm. I'm thinking there's something wrong with my neck or my upper spine. Yeah. And so, you know, the next thing that we do is I get, I somehow get through the night, get, you know, get a little rest. Um, and get up the next day, and it's just 
it's ongoing. Like it is just absolutely terrible. Anytime I pick anything up, you know, it is, and there's no typing, there's no texting, there's none of this. And it just keeps playing in my head. So we schedule an appointment with my uh, general practitioner. They x-ray my forearms. Uh, nothing wrong there. Um, and then finally I, I schedule a visit with my chiropractor the next day because they prescribed me some medication. Wasn't really helping. Like anything they were giving me, nothing was tackling um, what was going on in my hands. Schedule a visit with my chiropractor. He does uh, an x-ray. Uh, of this area, this, you know, kind of mid thoracics or in upper and in, in neck. And uh, we kind of start to see some signs and it's not bad. It's not bad, but we start to see some signs of whiplash. Hmm. Now, <sighs> chiropractor just, you know, and I know this chiropractor says, listen, this is what's going on. Um, and you got four to six weeks and it's going to feel like this. It's going to feel like this. Then it's going to feel like this. And then it's going to be gone. And that was, that was, you know, that made me feel a little better. But that was probably Wednesday of that first week. But that's where things started to go. Now my hands, I can pick things up. I can type. I can't really play guitar yet. That That's extremely difficult for me. But almost everything else, I was able to drive after three weeks. Almost everything else I'm able to do. So I'm moving the direction I want to go. But where I want to focus today you know, is this. What happened Monday morning after this happened? So it was a Saturday night, Sunday morning. And got through that first day. But I knew Monday morning I had to talk to my team because we had things going on this week. We had business that was to be done. And I couldn't do it. I literally could not do it. Not only did I look terrible, so there was no podcasting. You know, Otherwise, people are going to think I got in a fight. Um, I couldn't probably sit long enough to do the podcast. Um, and so there was a phone call that happened that Monday morning. And that phone call put an assembly line of things into action that made everything okay. And so I picked the phone up Monday morning. It was probably 8.30, 9 a.m. And I, I called Alicia on our team. And for those of you that don't know, Alicia is our director of operations. And she just makes sure that everything sort of goes. If anybody on the team needs anything, Alicia's got them. We have to talk to lawyers. We have to talk to accountants. Like Alicia is the central manager of all things happening and coordinator. And I told Alicia, this is what happened. This is where I'm at. I don't know how long this is going to be. This is before I saw the chiropractor, by the way. So I had like no resolution. This is before I saw my general practitioner. No resolution. I said, I don't know what's happening, but I can't do these things. I, my hands don't work. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know if this is permanent, but my hands don't work. And so I made a phone call. That phone call lasted probably about two, three minutes. And then, I mean, I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, you probably know some of this, Marshall, but uh, – from from there, Alicia picks the phone up. Um, she starts calling meetings and she starts getting things together. Within about six hours, um, there was a plan to take us. And by the way, this is probably you know this is probably early mid November. You know yeah. you know at this point. Yeah. Within this, within six hours, there was a plan to take us through the end of the year. Like everything business wise, promotions plan, things happening. And number one, props to Alicia, props yeah. to the rest of our team for being ready for this. But what I want to really kind of get out is, is about two, three years ago, um, I had a meeting with Alicia and I said, listen, we're not ready for if I get hit by a bus. This business is still extremely dependent on me doing weekly work and we're not ready. 
we're, we're just, I mean, the business would shut down within a month if something happened to me and we have to start getting ready for these things. And so yep. you don't solve that overnight, by the way, um, <laughs> you start having, you start having a conversation and, you know, Alicia at the time was like, this is extremely morbid. Are you okay? Like what's going <laughs> on? Uh, do we need to, do we need to talk? Do we need to get you into counseling? And I said, no, you no, know, but what I want you to understand is, is you look at your business, things are going great, but what are the weaknesses? What are the things that could happen? And so we started making plans and we started laying out what would happen if something happened to me. Uh, now we were going extreme, uh, but, but you know, this was one of those events. I couldn't do anything. And so we started mapping out, you know, Hey, we've got all these past promotions that we've done of great products. We have all these great products. We have, you know, email promotions that attach to them that, you know, you can dive into those and you can build out a series of week by week promotions off of great products that we've done in the past. Yeah. And this is how it's done. This is how you put it together. And so over the next couple of years, Alicia and Ashton really started training, you know, and, and we would do this every so often. I would literally take a step back and this was so hard for me, but I would take <laughs> a step back and I'd be like, Ashton, I need you to put these emails together, edit them and get them going. And, you know, so every, every two months we do kind of one of these drills, yeah. you know, and at the time, I didn't even see it as a drill. I was just like, ah, you know, we we talked about this. We should probably do it. And, you know, we, we'd get the result. We'd kind of see where things went. And, you know, it was really funny that first week I was I was panicked. And the first promotion they put out, um, $10,000 come through wow. from this promotion. It was ten grand. You know, ten grand comes through on this promotion that they picked. I didn't pick. I had no – I was just – my only thoughts for that first week were get out of pain. Right. Like as scary as that is, but it was just stay out of pain, do everything you can to minimize pain and discomfort. And so I, I, my head wasn't in the game at all, but like I look up and 10 grand had come through the first week from the promotion. And, and, wow. and so everything that we put into play started to work. And I, I think that what I'm really trying to get across to anybody that's listening to this is in your business right now, what happens if something happens to you? What is the protocol? Now, listen, you may be a key person in your business where like it just doesn't work without you. And you may think this business doesn't work without me. But I guarantee you if you put your mind to it, you can come up with some things. So let's say like you know, you're a chiropractor. I actually had this scenario when I was a chiropractor. If something were to happen to me, well, who's a friend that we can get to come in and adjust patients two days out of the week You know, that they could take some time off of their business? And I had that conversation. <laughs> you know, It wouldn't be ideal. It wouldn't be the best. But our patients would be taken care of when I was the only key person that was there. How would we pay the bills? How would we do all these things? And so I think the thing is, is every single person out there, one of the most important things that you can do for your business is go with that. If I get hit by a bus scenario, what does my team do so that their income continues to come in? The business stays alive until we can figure out something a little better. Now, take it a step further. You know, I haven't talked about this. But there is an even further scenario of, okay, if you know we have to sell the business because I actually do get hit by a bus, or who is the person we call? You know, yeah. And those are the things. You have to have a plan in place for when bad things happen. Now, I had never tested this. I hadn't. You know, there was no reason to actually test this fully until this last month. And this last month comes in. And, you know, I, I get to the end of the month and the report comes in at the end of November and we hit our budget. Like we hit, mm. we hit exactly, we, we beat our budget of what we were supposed to bring in. And, you know, <laughs> it's, 
incredibly hard not to be proud of your team um, and the work that they do when you're not around. And I, I'm telling you guys, for probably three weeks, I, you know, and I've gotten a little better every week, so I've checked in a little more. I, I, you know, but like I'd show up to a meeting in week two, and I put in an hour long in a meeting, and I was ready to go to sleep. Like I just, I didn't have any energy. Even like week, you know, week three, uh, you know, I, I showed up and I was like, I got done with. It. I was like, man, I'm, I'm exhausted. Yeah. And so having people in place that know how to run things and know how to generate income in your business without you is incredibly important. Now, were they selling products that I had done three years ago, two years ago? Sure. Yeah. like th- th- They were selling stuff that we had done before. But the ability to actually know what to do and how to put the puzzle pieces together, that was the thing that was pretty powerful. So um, – where are we? Like right now, yeah, I, I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah, love, I'd love to know specific. There's so much I want to dig into here. So you, you, you rein me in where we need to rein in, but I'd love to know about those drills that you did. So, um, yeah. specifically, what kind of, how do you, how do you, how on earth do you practice to get ready for your head honcho, you know, fall when he's taking the dog out? Like, I, what do you, what on earth do you do to get ready? So what kind of, what kind of drills you talk specifically and drills really sticks with me because that makes perfect sense. Like, you know, if we're preparing for a tornado or an earthquake or something like that, we got to be prepared for disaster to strike. So, what are the yeah. things that we're gonna? What are the protocol that we're gonna follow? What are the check marks we're gonna knock off to be able to do that? So, what kind of what what do those drills look like? The first is situational awareness. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't. I. I. It's not like when we put a product up for sale. I'm not thinking about. Oh, we have all these products that we could put up, and any of them will do. It's thinking about what's going on around us at the moment. Like, what did we yeah. sell three weeks ago? What did we sell last week? What are we going to possibly sell in the future? And yeah. knowing this product, these three out of you know the 20, 30 products that we had in the tank that we could go with, what are the two or three that work best? Yeah. And having somebody on the team that could do that. So one of the things that I would do is I would say, hey, I don't have anything planned for two weeks from now. What should we do? And asking Ashton that, you know, and Ashton yeah. being the person that is probably the most in depth with our products because she is always on the calls when I do the recordings and things like right. that and putting her in a position of, Hey, what, what do you think? And she runs our support desk too. So she has this interesting insight into what's going on. Yeah. And so I was like, what product would you do? And having her pick and like the first time she did it, it was okay. It yeah. wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, you know, the best. Um, and by the way, I, I'll just say this, you know, sometimes I come up with a product and it doesn't do well. And like, I, you know, I've done this for forever, but having her do it again, a couple months later and having her do it again, a couple months later and, and, and being like, Hey, uh, I'm not going to do the emails. I want you to actually program the emails in for this. Here's the old ones. What needs to change about these so that they're current? Hmm. You know, what about this doesn't line up with, you know, okay. I was talking about the winter in this and it's summer, you know, how do you change these emails so that they actually make sense? And so having her actually write the emails and program the emails in because most of our promotions, it's email-based, and we send out the emails, and we do this. And step-by-step, every few months, giving a piece of the puzzle and saying, okay, now it's yours. Now it's yours. And then getting to a spot to where a promotion's over, and you're saying, okay, well, this is what you earned, and great job. And let me let me show you something. If you would have done this and this, you would have gotten 10 extra sales. Okay, well, the next time she knows to do that. And so it's really arming your people with information, uh, but not just telling them what to do, actually taking a step back from your business and letting them do it and understand that the first few times your your team's not going to do it just like you do it. 
And sure. I noticed I didn't say your team's not going to do it right. <laughs> now, this is a big difference. Um, sure. And I think it's important to understand this is uh, there's, there's so many ways to do this stuff. Um, the way I do it is not necessarily right, uh, but it's just the way I do it. Sometimes it's hard to distinguish that, okay, they did this. They didn't do it the way I was going to do it. That's not necessarily wrong. Let them go. Let yeah. them put it out there and let them see the results. And I think that's the thing is we were doing these quote-unquote drills where they would pick the product. Uh, they would write the emails. Not necessarily write, but they'd use the old emails. They would tweak them, um, sure. and they would make sure that you know everything was set up, everything was programmed. Letting them get on the other side of that and understanding that the money that was made with that promotion was money that they made for us, hmm. not me. And I, you know, I finally getting to a spot, you know, probably early in this year where I was like, it's all you go with it. Let's see where we go. Let's see where we go. And being able to take a step back and actually give someone else the reins, um, win, lose or draw, I think is important sometimes. And you have to, you have to put yourself in a position where you can do that. And we have, we worked very, very hard, you know, to keep our finances, our cash flow good so that we could take those drills. And I'm telling you last month. When things got hairy, I wasn't present for two, three weeks at all. Um, yeah. And watching, you know, everybody step up and do things and do things that I didn't even remember that I taught them, um, <laughs> that was pretty interesting. And so, you know, I, I love looking at how this worked and how the last three weeks everybody stepped up, everybody like knocked it out of the park. They were probably freaked out because, you know, I was freaked out too. <laughs> but, and then looking back and realize we have literally been training for this for two or three years and yeah. everybody's ready because of that. It was a good feeling to see not only that we were ready, but to see us succeed. And, you know, the big thing that I wanted to, you know, that, that I'm going to make sure that I do in like this next week when we have our team meeting is make sure everybody knows how well we actually did because of what they did. And I, and I, you know, half of, the stuff that we do in this business too is making sure that the people that you're giving these tasks to, are they actually confident? Yeah. People don't get confident with you teaching them stuff and then bringing knowledge. People get confident by doing it and getting the desired result. Yep. They're probably not going to get the desired result the first two or three times they do it because it's new. But drilling it over and over again in a healthy way, meaning we didn't just drill this one in one month and just go and then stop. We slowly did it over time. And like I said, giving people that confidence that they could do those tasks and they could be successful with it absolutely shaped the results that we got. And uh, like I said, I think that every single person out there listening to this, that's that's the thing. Are you drilling your team to be able to handle the business and make decisions that will make you successful even if you are incapacitated at the moment? Man, what a, what a, from your standpoint, what a good feeling it's got to be to – have gone through those drills and set set certain plans in places, and then here you are on this side of it. You know, damn, it feels good for a plan to come together, right? Like yeah. it's 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 a good feel, and it's funny. It reminds me, and this is a weird correlation, but stick with me for a minute. But like we we talked about, you know, in some recent text chains, we're talking about this new movie coming out, Avatar, right? Oh yeah, Avatar and, all day. And, and and well, and we talk about uh, the fact that James Cameron, you know, from a directorial standpoint, we're like. You know, we've got some mixed opinions on whether or not we might have missed some really good James Cameron stuff over the years because he was so dialed into this Avatar project and has spent so much time on it. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I get the feeling. I know he did feel this way the first one came around. I get the feeling on this one come around, he's going to put enough money in his pocket to go, you know what? 
I spent my time, I put my plan together and now my plans come together. And I, you know, I, I, you know, you tell me a little bit how you feel about that, but that's kind of, it's correlates a little bit to what we're talking about here. Well, so the funny thing is, it's like, I'm not a huge fan of the avatar movies, but what I am a fan of is what, uh, uh, is James Cameron. Um, and just being this dedicated to something for this long and seeing it through. And, And I think the thing that you have to really understand about avatar, avatar two and what James Cameron is able to pull off here is it is that level of dedication. Obviously, James Cameron has had success in the past, and that has shaped why people believe in him. But it is the attention to detail. It is the direction. It is the leadership that that person has that causes people to pour the kind of money that they have into this movie. So you got to think this yeah. is like a $2 billion endeavor that it has cost to put this together. But there are people that believe in the long-term value of what's being created because of the belief behind, you know, the culture that James Cameron has created behind this movie and why it's successful and why this story needs to be told. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing that we do in our company. What is the culture that you establish that gets people to believe both your team members that are helping you build this thing, as well as the people that are financing and and investing in what you're doing. If you are organized, if you lead, if you prepare for things, then you are setting yourself up for success. Now, do I know if, avatar is going to be successful overall no but i tell you what i won't do i won't bet against james cameron in this even though i'm not an avatar person because usually that's where my opinion goes do i like it do i not like it right or do i think a lot of other people like it but what i do believe is i believe that because of the way that this project was created and the way that avatar 2 was created and the the history behind this with james cameron that it is absolutely going to be successful even though maybe it's not something that I'm into. I mean, like, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to see it because I want to see what $2 billion <laughs> buys you. And I love James Cameron. Yep. So I think that, you know, if you get into that mode, yes, I think the thing is, is you want to build something that is more than making money. You want to build something that is, I'm building this because I want to tell this story. I want to leave this impact on the world. When you do that, you get people to actually buy in. When you get people to actually buy in, you have people that start to really understand how the business works. And I guess the thing is, is in our situation, I am extremely impressed at the things I drilled my team on that they did over the last few days. Yeah. But what I'm like blown away by is the things that I didn't drill them on and the decisions that were made that had nothing, that there was no way to prep for it, that I looked at it and I said, that is absolutely the right choice that they made. That absolutely put us in a good position. They absolutely took care of the brand. They took care of what we were doing. They respected what we were doing. And they made decisions that leveled us up. Um, And I'll be honest with you. When I got done really looking at what happened, I said, I never need to go back to fully doing things the way that I was doing things before this Mm -hmm. happened. I absolutely need to start taking more of a step back and letting my team run the show at a higher level. And I think that's the thing is like, you know, as scary as all this was, the thing that I take out of it is on the other end of this, I have amazing people. Now I have fought to keep this team in place. Like, you know, someday I'll tell that story. Um, (laughs) And I have fought to bring certain people into our community. You included, like that was, you know, you're somebody I really wanted to have. And that's the thing. When you get to a situation like this, you're like, I felt pretty smart. You know, I, I don't, I don't think <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I'm that smart most of the time. You know, I think I'm doing the best I can and I'm a hustler, 
but when when this went down, I I got on the other end of it, uh, and I'm almost on completely on the other end of it, and I felt pretty stinking smart because, um, like I said, the business is actually better when my team does their thing and I get out of their way to let them do it. And I, I think that's yeah. the you know the more I can be in the position of you know guiding and you know being a consultant to my own people rather than being a worker in my own business. And we talk about this all the time, right? But it's hard sometimes to let yeah. go of where you think you bring value because that's the value you attach to your day. Like right. this is the value that I have in the world. And so if I let it go, what am I even doing? You start to understand that, you know, in, in real business, the value that you provide, if you really want to like hit the stratosphere is hiring great people, training them really well, and then instilling a culture in them that like with the things that you couldn't train, they knew exactly what to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, You've already hit several nuggets and lessons that you picked up from this particular uh, piece of adversity. Um, and but and it, and it's funny, adversity is the right word too because, and we talk about it a lot in a lot of different ways, and we have over the last several years because whether it's a freaking global pandemic, or whether we're going through economic downturn, or you know you fall when you're taking your damn dog out, you know, being right. able being able to work through things is to me, I mean, it's what separates a successful business from one that's not going to be right. So right. I, I'd love to know if you've got some particular, you know, cause I know there's going to be some people listening to this going, Oh God, <laughs> they're listening <laughs> to this shit. I'm not ready for if I trip over the dog, you know, right. uh, I, I'm, I'm not ready for this. So what kind of advice do you have for those business owners, those entrepreneurs out there that they're that a little nervous here in this, and maybe they're not quite set up right now to handle this adversity. What are some things they could go out and do right now? I think the worst thing that you can do is is just keep ignoring it and keep thinking that you you have to be the centerpiece of things and like that's how you get yourself in trouble and I've yeah. seen several businesses actually from a bird's eye view lately that they they're in real trouble right now because they've never had this conversation. Hmm. It's okay to not be prepared. I, the first step is admitting you have a problem, right? Yeah. And I think to be really honest, you know, for me, the first step of this was to go to my staff and really be humble, you know, the people on my team and say, "Listen, this is a possibility. We're not prepared for it. And I don't have a plan for you. I, I don't have a plan for you. And I, that was that was literally the conversation I had two, three years ago with Alicia. I said, I'm not – I know I'm supposed to be the leader. I know I'm supposed to be the one that gives you a plan. I don't have a plan for this, but this could be a real problem. I need your help creating a plan. And yeah. that started a conversation. And, you know, that – thank goodness, it, you know, it didn't happen the next week. Uh, but it started a conversation that we've started having quite often and yeah, kind of a morbid conversation that, you know, we called it the get hit by a bus scenario. And I literally have said that, you know, so many times over the last couple of years, mm -hmm. but it started a conversation that we became comfortable with the conversation. So we started building plans and we started putting things in place. And so I, I think this is it is if you have good people on your team, um, if you don't have good people, get good people, you know, figure yeah. this out, figure it out, pay people a little better to get the kind of people that you want to have, you know, be a better leader. That's the first thing you got to focus on. But if you got good people on your team, bring them into the conversation, tell them about what you're afraid of. People are not scared of people that are honest with them as long as they understand that they're trying to develop a plan for something. And that was, that was me. I was very humble uh, with this and I started talking about it. It was uncomfortable at first, but then we started really building towards it. Anybody out there, especially if you're like, like I said, like a chiropractor or a dentist where you're like, you have to be present into these things. 
really start thinking about what would happen if you know you couldn't and yeah. could you bring somebody in a few days a week who would that person be start thinking about these things and it's amazing everybody in the beginning thinks that they're a critical linchpin to their business and their business could not survive without them that's natural we all like to believe that we have some talent that is not present that nobody could fill in um but that's actually a prison that's mm-hmm. actually a prison and if you think about your business that way you don't actually have a business you just have a fancy job and if you start thinking about your business in a way that you could bring people in to fill in pieces that you currently fill that's when you start to really create a business and i i think that was the thing is like over the years, I had created products that could sell without me. It's just I wasn't doing much of that. Yeah. And uh, really teaching the team how to do that, but then watching how they adapted uh, because we had such a good group of people, that was that was key. And so, you know, from the start right now, I think, you know, anybody that's kind of trying to say, okay, I'm in trouble. Number one, do you have good people that you trust with your business? If you don't have good people that you would trust with your business, um, it's time to look in the mirror and do something about that because why are they still there? You gotta, you gotta take care of that. Number two is, are you having the conversation with them? If something happened to me, what would we do? Let's talk about this and then let's start drilling it. Let's start. Let's really think about this. If you're, like I said, if you're somebody in your business, who's somebody I can bring in one day out of the week? Cause I maybe want to go on a vacation for a couple of days. You're fine, but you go on vacation and you bring it in and you go actually go through the process. Start drilling those things a little bit at a time now so that if things go down, your people know what to do. And I think that's it. It's not something that happens overnight. It's something that's going to take you months to years to get down. But if you have your falling over a dog scenario uh, and you break your nose, you can't use your hands like like I was, you know, had happened to me. Uh, I tell you what, I woke up a couple of weeks later and I say woke up because that's when my head actually got back to I could think about these things yeah. and everything's okay and your business hasn't, you know, gone down at all. Uh, it's doing really, really well. That's when you understand that uh, you know you're you're in a good spot. And and like I said, I I tell you what, I thought there were times I thought these conversations we were having were stupid and <laughs> needless, uh, but it certainly saved us. And we had a, an excellent month. Uh, and me being kind of at that ninety percent better range, uh, you know, but still not a hundred percent. I know that uh, I know that we're good. And yeah. Like I said, I'm very, very thankful, number one, not to be dead. Uh, um, (laughs) Number two, to not be too horribly disfigured. Um, Number three, to have my hands back. But number four, the big lesson out of this is we have this amazing group of people that we have working at our company. Let them do the job and get out of their way. And when they are not achieving the results that they want to be achieving, step in and help, uh, but don't do the work. Let them do the work. Let them guide it. And... I think work satisfaction is much better when people know that they are the ones that made it rain, not you. And I think that, um, you know, when you get to a place to where you're not the one that is responsible for that, your income starts to go up when you get it right, because now you are no longer the problem. And I, that's the, I think that's the number one thing you start to realize in a situation like this is I typically am the log jam in our company. <laughs> and the more we can get that out of the way, the more our company can do and scale. And, um, so yeah, the big lesson for me, man, is, uh, I don't want to go back to the way things were before I got hurt. Yeah. I want to continue to drill and to continue to find ways to do more, um, and to be more consistent without me having to come in and save the day and put out fires. And I think that, you know, 
that's uh, that's a really beautiful thing when you when you start off and your staff and your team kicked ass for you, and now it's just building on that foundation. Man, that's good stuff. Lots of good advice there. And I, so fast forward to right now, this moment. How are how are you feeling? How are things going? <laughs> what's the what's the what's the current status? You said about ninety percent uh, usage of the hands. Like what's you know how are we progressing and and what else is left? Are you back to full regular schedule? All that? Uh, I would say I'm probably you know work schedule. I'm probably at about eighty percent. Okay. Um, this has been the most busy day that I've had uh, so far, and yeah. that's been good. I really enjoyed it because it's kind of given me some energy. I've had trouble yeah. sleeping at night uh, because number one, my hands were waking me up, but number two is I wasn't able to do enough through the day to tire myself out. Oh yeah, and so. Point. You know, so being able to do more is, you know, is, is going to get me back on a schedule. The only thing, you know, I, I'm able to type now. I'm able to do a lot of, I can drive. I can do a lot of those things. The big thing that I'm like aiming for right now, like what's my next goal that I'm aiming for is to be able to play the guitar. Um, and yeah. cause I can't really do that right now. Like I can, I can do it. I can do the chords. It doesn't really hurt, but like I, I run out of steam like within a few minutes. Like I'm just, mm. there's so much input that it's like yeah. my brain's exhausted. And so, I want to be able to sit down and play guitar for, you know, 20 minutes. That's my next goal. And then after that, I want to be able to, you know, go out and be able to play. Cause I was playing three hour shows before. Yeah. And I had a gig actually two, three days ago that I had to cancel because there was just no way. Uh. And so that's my next build. And like, I, I think the thing is, is like, I know there's other things that I probably can't do. But as I've been sort of rehabbing, I've been trying to find things that I would do on a normal basis. And can I do that yet? You know, and yeah. so like, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And so, the the good news for me is is like there has been a constant progression in the right direction. Um, I've not really ever hit a wall uh, that has made me think, oh my gosh, we're stopping, we're not getting where we need to go. And so, um, awesome. I feel good. And like I said, I feel. I just want to say I feel incredibly grateful that we have you know all of our listeners, all of our customers. You all are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, I was so scared that I wouldn't be able to come back and talk to you the same way and wouldn't be able to interact. And, you know, I don't want to run our business necessarily the same way that we were always, but like I cherish this interaction and this, this, you know, this platform that we get. And I was, I was terrified that that was gone and mm -hmm. uh, to be, to be sitting here now and to be doing this again and to be talking to our crew and hopefully sharing something that they can take uh, that, you know, will reverberate uh, in our community in a good way. Uh, it's, it's extremely great uh, to see that it's getting there. And I am insanely grateful um, that this wasn't something that was a lot worse and insanely grateful for the team uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, our, our brand, our baby, my baby serial progress seeker <laughs> was in extremely good hands while I, while I couldn't keep it in my hands. So, yeah. Yeah, man, same. Uh, I'm just so happy that we're recording this today, like I said it already, like it just, because it means you're well enough to be back in this game. It means we're, you know, we're back getting to share this time together. I, I know that this experience obviously had to be extremely scary, um, but it's awesome that you made your way through it and you're to this point and you've got this outlook to see the extremely positive things that that have come from such a freaking weird and crazy and wild situation um and, and you know we're winding down the year man we're, yeah. we're winding we're winding down 2022 this is going to be one of our final episodes of the year and and uh and you need to get back to 
to you know you that guitar you need to be it's it's time to be playing christmas carols you need to be right. you need to be loading those up right now um so i'm hoping that that we're able to use this to kind of really springboard into in 2023 and i know our entire team is just going to keep noticing all these great lessons and all this great advice that we've all just pulled from this pretty wild experience <laughs> it was uh it was a trip uh no pun intended <laughs> um but I tell you what, uh, the things that I think we all pulled out on this is is huge. And like I said, anybody out there that's listening to this right now, start taking the steps. I promise there will be a point, even if it's just you want to take a long vacation, there will be a point where this you know comes in handy if you start taking the steps to put your business in that place. Even if you're a solo practitioner, even if you're by yourself, just start thinking about the things that need to happen um, if you can't do these things or you know, better yet, you don't want to do those things for a little bit. And I promise if you start thinking about it, you will get there. Uh, our, we have a very smart base of people that listen to us. And it's it's not so much not being able to figure it out. It's just starting to go down that path. And if you guys do that, I know you'll be able to. So, uh, yeah, I want to wish everybody well. I know we're getting at the end of the year. And so uh, I hope that this was something that uh, was valuable. 